Joining me now, Bill English from BibleAndBusiness.com. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Carmen. How are you doing? I'm, uh, well, I'm better than I deserve, for sure. But that's, somebody else has already said that, and they've made that their, like, token line. So i got to come up with another that, one. Um, yeah, you know yeah. what? You know what? Paul is in rare form this morning in terms of his what? humor off air. He's been very good this morning. I, I, keep the, I keep the guests is, entertained while Carmen does her work. Yeah, that's how it works here. Pa- Paul's not allowed to have off-air humor. Like, that seems inappropriate. Okay. What? So, let, okay. I'm just kidding. Let's, uh, let's talk about the word recession. Um, so, right. uh, it doesn't feel, I mean, I, it feel we're, we're in a weird place for sure. Is the right word for where we are recession? I don't know if it's weird. I know for some it's going to feel very much like a recession, and for others it's not going to feel like a recession at all. So the recession is hitting pockets of our economy. It's not a pervasive overall uh, recession. So, okay. So let's just talk a little bit about um, about recession and what you're seeing and why that word is being used. Yeah. So uh, first of all, recessions. Who decides Uh, when we're in a recession. It's the folks over at the National Bureau of Economic Research, NBER or NIEBER. And they define a, you know, it's it's one of those wonky places where really brainiacs work, I think. Uh, NIEBER defines a recession as a significant decline in economic activity that has spread across the economy, lasting more than a few months, normally visible in real GDP, real income, employment, and so forth. Um, no one was surprised by this announcement from Niebuhr that we that the recession started in February. Uh, nobody was surprised by that. Everybody knew we were in a recession. It's just that it took Niebuhr uh, several months to run the numbers and uh, officially declare, yep, we're in a recession. And it officially ended a 128-month expansion of our economy going back to when we came out of the 2008-2009 uh, uh, recession. So they are always uh, measured in hindsight, and they are difficult to predict uh, in the future. So that's a little bit about a uh, a recession. Niebuhr feels that the one that we're in right now is going to be short-lived, A, because it's not completely pervasive across the economy, and B, uh, the fundamentals of our economy were so strong before COVID hit that Niebuhr thinks it's going to uh, bounce back relatively quickly. So that's that's kind of where Niebuhr is at on that. Okay, in terms of bouncing back, um, let's talk about yep. jobs, and then let's also talk about the stock market. Yep. So uh, in March and April, for jobs, we lost 22 million jobs in March and April. Crazy. So the fact, crazy it, numbers, it, right? It, it's, it is crazy numbers. I don't think uh, – I've, I've never seen this in my lifetime, and I doubt I'll ever see it again. Uh, which is a good thing because this is a horrible carnage uh, mm-hmm. that, that's been happening in in the job market. Uh, they expected, they being the analysts, so uh, there's a whole bunch of analysts that are invited to across all kinds of industries that are invited to say, what do you expect on a given metric that's going to be coming up that we use to help measure the economy? Uh, those people expected another 8 to $9 million job loss in May. And it came back that we actually gained two and a half million jobs, which was a complete surprise uh, to everyone. Uh, the, the job gains came, believe it or not, in leisure and hospitality. Um, 
Uh, construction also gained 464,000 jobs. Hotels continued to lose jobs, but restaurants gained. And government overall shed a half million jobs in May. That's probably mostly state and local governments as their budgets are getting pinched with much, much stronger than anticipated outflows of money for unemployment and much less revenue coming in from taxes because, you know, people aren't aren't buying stuff. They're not going to the restaurant and having a $70 meal and paying state sales tax on that. And so uh, the governments, state and local governments are seeing a reduction in revenue and an uptick in expenditures. And so uh, jobs are getting shed at the government level. Um, Hey, can I say, can I give people one tangible idea? When you do go out um, to a restaurant, um, plan to way over tip your server because oh, yeah. there's an em- there's an empty table in every direction and so your server is serving one table where they normally would have served four and so um be be prepared to you know way over tip your server um and and just 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 be prepared for that as an act of grace there you go that's my i'm pitching that in i totally get that i i throughout seminary i waited tables and uh, it was it was tough nights, some nights. But uh, remember, uh, I always tip twenty percent. I know most people don't, but I always do because of that experience. So yeah, please do. Uh, so who's who's getting hired back? Who are those two point five million? I think it's or who's doing the hiring. Maybe I should say, I think it's most businesses that were strong that can weather this economic storm. I think those are the ones that are starting to hire again. I don't think this is an indication that all 22 million jobs are going to get recovered in the next few months. I really don't. Uh, I'm a little bit more pessimistic that way. Uh, I think that there's going to be a number of weaker businesses that are probably highly leveraged with debt. They probably have outdated or stale product or service lines. They're not well managed. Uh, that they are probably not going to hire nearly as fast or as much if they survive at all. And so I think this initial two and a half million don't expect the same numbers in June. I'm I'm pessimistic on this. I think we'll be I, I actually I don't know where we'll be, but I don't think it'll be another two and a half million hired back in June. If if that happens, I'll come back on the show and and do a mea culpa there. So no, that's all right. Hey, let's take a very brief break. When we come back, um, I'm going to delve into uh, some more of your thoughts. Um, on uh, on all of this, including what we're seeing in the stock market. So Bill English sure. is here this morning. He is at, you can find him all the time at bibleandbusiness.com. And we'll be right back. Continuing my conversation with Bill English from bibleandbusiness.com. All right, so... Um, the stock market, uh, I think all of the textbooks are going to have to be rewritten because uh, it's like wacky bananas out there. You really think so? You don't think so? I mean, I, do no, you not? No, not, when a, you, not uh, at all. Okay, see, this is why we have you on and we don't just let me talk because I clearly <laughs> don't know what I'm talking about. Well, why, that's not true. Why is what we're seeing in the market, which has, it appears to me, almost recovered all of its losses already, um, yeah. why is that not wacky bananas? It's not wacky bananas because they've already priced everything in. 
it, it was a little bit wacky when we had the 2.5 million jobs announcement and you saw the stock market go up that day. But um, the, again, the fundamentals of our economy are really quite good. And uh, the, the idea that that we're going to uh, see the stock market just go down and down and down and down is, is not going to happen in this recession because the basics of the economy are good. It's not like back in 2007 where we had the whole banking system – or 2008, I should say – where we had the whole banking system uh, in play and, and sus really suspect – and and you didn't have you don't have President Trump going to the major banks saying everybody's got to take twenty five billion dollars in uh, in loans from the government to protect the weak banks here because they got so many bad mortgages that they folded into all their um, uh, investment portfolios. So this is a completely different scenario here. Um, so. The stock market really is a predictor of what's going to come down the line, and that's why a lot of people think that uh, that the economy is is going to it's going to have negative GDP in Q2 for sure, for sure. But in Q3, they're expecting uh, really positive growth, and I I am in that camp actually. So, all right, so. Um... Where should we go next? Let's talk about um, lawsuits, because one of the things that are really accelerating or piling up um, are lawsuits. Talk with us about that. Yeah, the lawsuits are exploding. I get this information from the U.S. Chambers Litigation Center. They have a COVID roundup every week. They're tracking all the lawsuits that are being filed nationwide. And it is it is amazing to see what is happening. And the number of suits is exploding. It's just everybody is suing everybody. Uh, workplace suits are continuing to increase that, that allege failure to protect workers or alleging virus exposure. Those kinds of workplace suits are increasing. And uh, for business owners and business leaders right now who are listening, you have got to go overboard in making sure that you're doing everything you can to protect your employees and your customers from exposure to the virus. Look, <clears throat> this virus is still with us. It's not going to go away for a number of months here until we have a vaccine or, I don't know, some kind of a, of a pill that we can take that makes it so that it doesn't affect us. Um, and these workplace suits are only going to continue to um, increase. You have got to look at this as a risk mitigation effort, as well as a health measure in protecting your workers. All right. In addition to that, we have uh, suits being filed against governors and suits and yep. businesses filing uh, against their states. Talk, talk about those kinds of lawsuits. Uh, uh, Nonprofits are filing against governors saying you don't have the authority to uh, shut down businesses and tell people to stay home. And, and businesses are filing suits against the states saying you don't have that same authority. You can't tell us when to shut our business and how to conduct our business and that kind of thing. And so in Colorado, uh, one uh, the state of Colorado actually went after uh, a few restaurants and revoked their licenses. Uh, because they weren't following state guidelines. And so those restaurants are now suing the state. Um, these, these kinds of who's in charge? Who's the authority here? Who gets to set the rules for this uh, weird 
life that we have now, it's probably going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided by our legislatures. Uh, to my way of thinking, legislatures should be stepping up and, and dealing with some of these difficult questions. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how things move forward. Um, I know of at least one congregation that is gathering under the guise of a protest um, in order that they can have in-person worship services that defy rules set down for churches to regather. Because <laughs> they're like, you know, I- obviously the rules don't apply to protest, so we're going to call what we're doing a protest and instead of a worship service, and we're still going to do what we do. I, it's, a, it's, I'm just saying, it's a, it's, it's an interesting time to be alive. I'm of two minds on that. One mind says we should we should obey the government and we should follow guidance. My other mind says, why can't Christians go to church and expect God to do a miraculous thing in keeping us all healthy? Wouldn't that be something if? Christians who went to church and congregated, uh, no one got the COVID virus because God intervened yeah, but we, supernaturally. So, so, but we haven't seen that. I mean, we have seen cases where um, there's really extraordinarily bad outcomes for people who gather together in close proximity in worship services, um, at least in a couple of cases, one in California and one, um, I believe it was in Arkansas, where, you know, we're, we're talking about massive massive numbers of people infected be, and, and the place where they uh, were all together was church. So I do think caution is important. I mean, like the virus is real. Um, I mean, you know, I guess, uh, Bill, we could ask the same question. Why is any any Christian, why is any Christian contracting the coronavirus? Um, you know, yes, we're, yeah, we're always pleading. Yeah. I mean, we're always pleading with God, right? To right. um to be merciful, but we also recognize we live in a, a, a way far away from Eden, generations removed from um, from the reality of physical bodies that uh, that are that are perfect and an environment that's perfect as well. So, um, no, I hear you. Um, and there is a there's certainly a spiritual battle underway. Actually, one of our listeners pointed that out this morning. Why are we not talking about uh, the spiritual battle that is raging? Um, you know, they're they're seeing what's happening on the streets and in some places and um, and, and they're wondering why we're not talking more about the spiritual battle uh, at all levels and in all expressions. And that's certainly true in the conversation about, um, you know, protection from the virus. I, I get it. I totally get it. It is um, it's it is super duper complex. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. Anything you want to um, anything you want to add here? We got uh, we got a, a little time left. Um, the the one thing that stood out to me also was landlords filing suits against tenants over back rent. Well, they yeah, because the tenants are not paying rent and because they don't have any money. And uh, some of that is because they didn't file for the PPP. And some of it is because they uh, the applications for PPP got delayed. Uh, and so the landlords are filing suits. Look, the landlords are doing what they got to do to protect themselves, and the tenants are um, are going to probably end up taking it on the chin here, uh, which is not good. Uh, the other place that we're seeing a number of suits uh, that I think is going to come up is uh, businesses who have income loss. They filed against their uh, insurance. The insurance has denied it because pandemics are specifically uh, uh, disclaimed in their policy. I could see a federal judge coming along and setting aside all of those um, carve-outs for pandemics in the uh, liability insurance and saying to the insurance companies, you got to cover lost income. 
uh, for these uh, uh, businesses because nobody could anticipate uh, this. And that's what you're here to do, insurance companies, is to take care of this. That will be, uh, if, a, if a judge does that, you can count on that going to the Supreme Court. That's going to be a nasty fight. Always great to talk with you. Um, so, so thankful for you and what you do. You guys can check out what Bill is writing about, talking about, and grab some resources at BibleAndBusiness.com. We'll be right back. <laughs> 